but we got a call yesterday from the Alberta SPCA. We were talking about maybe bringing in a national hotline and um, for reporting of animal cruelty in the SPCA. Said, well, we do a pretty good job. And, and to be fair, our guest said that. That's what our guest said yesterday is the Alberta SPCA actually does a really good job and the rest of the country has some issues and it might, might serve to simplify it uh, on a national basis. But they did go out of their way to complement the way things are done in Alberta. But we thought maybe we'll get an idea of just what's happening in, in Alberta and, and uh, how things are handled here. So we're going to chat with Tara Johnson, the Executive Director of the Alberta SPCA. Uh, Tara, thank you for joining us. Appreciate your time. Oh, good morning. We're happy to be here. Yeah, really I mean, happy to be here. Yeah, we were talking about it yesterday because I, we were saying, you know what, if, if I were to witness an act of animal abuse, I don't know, do I call the police? Do I call the SPCA? How does it work? So um, outside of Edmonton and Calgary, you're the call, right? That's right. We have a 1-800 number that uh, members of the public can call in support of having an investigation regarding sort of animals in distress, whatever that may be, may look like. So we are the group, and I, I just didn't want the listeners to leave with the impression that there isn't uh, an organization responsible for investigating those type of calls outside the cities of Edmonton or Calgary. And we've been doing this work for a really long time, right. so we've we certainly got the talent and the skills and the knowledge and, and the ability to manage those both livestock related and companion animals for sure. So what I mean is it a, is it a province wide number? I mean how how do people go about reporting instances that they you know if if you see an animal being neglected or something like that and you're not in Edmonton or Calgary what is the best course of action? It, to call our number the 1-800 number um you know, to report that sometimes, you know, the the caller might, uh, you know, call about a, a situation that, that that our agency doesn't have a role in. And again, that might be for another jurisdiction or it might just that we don't have a role in, but we will refer that call on appropriately. But those who have a concern regarding the ongoing care of an animal, they need to phone our, our agency for sure. And our peace officers will take that and investigate fully. Yeah, how does that work? I mean, then the investigation is launched. I mean, do you need to be, I mean, can you just report it and then you're out of the loop? What's the process? You know, what we find is people, you know, they have an investment. They want to ensure that 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 situation that they've called about has been appropriately investigated. And they want to know the details of that. Unfortunately, privacy legislation prevents us from giving sort of a play-by-play. But certainly we make every attempt to call that individual back to give them some um, clear definition around what what occurred, that the animal is is being managed appropriately and is not in distress or, or something else, you know. Maybe that's that's a different conversation. So, uh, you know, a huge number of our um, callers, they are very concerned. They call, we investigate, uh, and sometimes it's it's just a, a situation where the caller didn't see the whole picture, and it's our job to investigate and learn that. In many cases, there is an issue, and then we take steps to relieve that animal's distress. The, the Provincial Act that we enforce has those tools in the toolbox to manage the animal, because this really is a about the animal. Absolutely. I, I know over the course of the pandemic, there were stories coming out that there was more and more instances of animals not being cared for properly, things like that. What is the current state? Uh, are you seeing a lot of calls, not as many calls? What, what's going on in Alberta right now? <laughs> 
You know, it's it's interesting. Um, during the pandemic, uh, we actually saw our call volume initially go down. I suspect that was related to people weren't out and about and, and didn't see instances where they had concerns. I think as we've slowly sort of moved forward, uh, we are seeing um, more issues. I think we are seeing more concern out there. We are dealing with um, higher volumes of animals. We're, we're seeing very complex, complicated investigations. So while I, I, I don't have the statistical information to support that anecdotally, we are seeing far more uh, more calls come in, um, far more concern, and, and certainly an, uh, an increase in the number of investigations we're taking on a, a daily and weekly basis. And we know when things start to get tougher financially, it's often animals that suffer through neglect, right? I mean, that's something that we've seen before. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and so, you know, sort of our way of approaching things is, is in many instances, sometimes if you help the, the, the human to help the animal, that is the best course of action. I, I don't mean to suggest that we're not animal-centric and that we don't care about the animal piece, but sometimes, you know, we, we just need to help people to make good decisions mm-hmm. about their animals. And so changing behavior is a one-on-one conversation and really working with the individual to bring them to a situation to make good decisions. When those individuals don't, then we do have the opportunity to take additional steps. We can seize animals. We can charge people under the Animal Protection Act. And again, there's there's a distinction between what I'm talking about in this area to criminal behavior. You know, the the criminal code, which which really relates to dealing with the human, it's about it's about managing that person from from you know and taking steps to ensure that they don't offend against an animal. The work that that the Alberta SBCA, uh, I would suggest to you, is, is more of our bread and butter, is really helping to the, the animal directly by helping the human. So uh, it, it really is sort of a, I wouldn't say a different approach. I think a lot of groups are taking it, but it really is having, you know, we see some really, really difficult circumstances, and we're not without compassion to the humans. They want to do a better job. They just may not have capacity, yeah. or they, they may not have the, the ability. So we help them that way. And sometimes that involves hard decisions. It, it just does. Um, and so when we, when we lay charges, we almost see that, see that as a, an inability to bring about a positive resolution. So it's not necessarily a good thing when we have to charge somebody. And of course, I mean, that's, that's going to be the last resort, right? When, when, you when, bet. when there's nothing else. Uh, Tara, great information. I really appreciate you calling and uh, giving us a, a bit of a chat this morning. Thank you. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. (laughs) And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.